Play analysis, Devin Nash be on the mic, so you know it's hella lit. Better plug your headphones in on Apple Podcasts, and we up on Spotify. Ooh, on Anchor too, no parachute, we so fly. We talking sports and music, what's the newest in that culture? Better stream, yeah, you better tune in. It ain't gonna cost ya. We talking sports and music, what's the newest? Got exclusives, yeah, we do this play by play. Follow the page, eh? If you don't know, don't worry about it. Happy New Year again, man. It is the first episode of 2023, guys. Welcome back to all of my faithful listeners, all four of y'all. Um, this here is the play-by-play analysis podcast. It's your boy, Devin Ashby, SK, play-by-play. And if you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. It is 2023, and we got a whole lot of stuff to talk about just a week into the new year. But before we do that, I got to introduce my guest. He is the host of the D1 Ignite University podcast. He is the dean of ignorance, Jamal. What's going on, bro? What's good, everybody? Happy New Year and class is in session from your one and only D1 Ignite University. Um, yeah, shit's going to get real. And 2023 is only a week old. Exactly, exactly. And for those who are not familiar who aren't big time sports watchers uh first of all we got to start this show simply by saying keep the name demar hamlin in your prayers um for those who didn't see what happened this past monday night he's a football player from the university of pittsburgh who's on the buffalo bills in his second year in the league and On what looked like a routine tackle, he tackled um, a a Cincinnati Bengals receiver. He got up, like walked a couple steps, then kind of stumbled a little bit and then fell to the ground. Um, There were reports that they had to administer CPR on the field. The game between the Bengals and Bills ultimately got suspended. And there is no timetable on whether or not they're ever going to resume that game or if it'll get resumed at all but the game itself is obviously not important what's more important is the fact that a young man is fighting for his life currently although there are signs of him improving he's still in very critical but stable condition and yeah we're just hoping for the best for Demar Hamlin for the simple fact of Everybody who's first set foot on the football field understands the risk that they're taking. But we, more often than not, take it for granted that these players are putting their lives on the line to play the game that they love, to do what they've been doing since they were a small child. And unfortunately, things like this can happen. So just keep your thoughts and your prayers alive for Mr. Hamlin and hope things continue to improve in the way that they're going. Exactly. And obviously, like we said, football has been a dangerous sport. I mean, this isn't the first time something like this has happened. For those who are old enough to remember, Derek Stingley Sr. Um, was paralyzed on the football field in the 1970s. You know, um, there was another person, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I think Jack Tatum, I think his name is, 
who died on the field in the 70s or 60s as well. So, I mean, this stuff has happened before, unfortunately, but like the game in theory is supposed to be much safer now. But it's still, even with all of the efforts and precautions that you can put into place, there is only so much that you can do to, you know, other than proper like tackling and stuff. And this wasn't like, he hit somebody a certain way. This was like a routine tackle for anybody that didn't see the play. Like this was a regular tackle. He just got hit in the chest, I believe in a certain way, because um, I think it's T Higgins who was trying to kind of brace the impact and his shoulder got hit in his chest and it just happens. It's unfortunate, but obviously Everybody was visibly shaken from Bills players to reporters like Lisa Salters who were on the field, the, the Joe Bucks, Troy Aikmans. I mean, I've never seen a collective, a collective like like that since maybe Kobe passing was the last time I saw something where like the entire industry was just kind of somber in a somber mood. You know, like it's 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 rough. I mean, we we watched the young man die out there. Basically, yeah. back to life, and it. We again, we tend to forget football's a violent game. It's violent by nature. We can try to do this and that to make it safer, and that this the human body is not meant to crash against other human bodies the way that it does. And what what a lot of people don't understand, especially those who have never taken the field or have not taken the field in a long time, it's not necessarily every big bang play that gets guys hurt sometimes it's just accumulation of small hit after small hit after small hit after small hit they think imagine the last time you played with a with a little kid you know they hit you in your arm you're like oh that doesn't hurt da, da, da. you're you're a child i can take a million of these and hey, you may be able to take a million but sometimes a million and one is your limit and you never know how many hits a guy has taken um, where his body is physically just the punishment that you put yourself through to play this game is immense and sometimes it only takes one hit in just the right area it doesn't even have to be hard but that hit is just enough to screw your body in a way that you were not ready for yeah and, and for the Cincinnati Bengals in particular this is probably the third or fourth major, like, arguably life-altering injury that we've seen happen on their football field. The second one this year, but it's probably like the third or fourth in like the last 10. Because obviously the Ryan Shazier injury happened in Cincinnati um, a couple years ago when he was um, temporarily paralyzed and had to learn how to walk again. And then... Just earlier this year, we saw Tua Tagovailoa fault. That w- it wasn't really Cincy's fault. It was I blame the Dolphins organization, and I think we all have at this point for that. But you know, he hit his head on another routine play, and, and, and yeah, you know what? I'm not even gonna call Tua's injuries life altering for the simple fact that one of them could have been prevented. Yeah. Now, the, the, the first time he hit his head, again, that's football. It happens. You just hit anything the wrong way. Concussions happen. He had no business staying in that game. And then he had, he damn sure didn't have no business playing that Thursday night. And that's an injury that could have been prevented. It's a violent game. 
Unless you fuck, you play ignorant games, you fuck around and win ignorant prizes. And believe me, these are not things you want to take home. Right. Exactly. And Tua's kind of just ran into that a lot throughout his career. But obviously, getting back to Mr. Hamlin, um, obviously, it's been tough for everybody. But some of the issues that have come to light as a result of this have really shown as much as we've seen some beautiful things come out of this it's some ugly shit that we've seen as well like first of all skip bayless was the one that was more visible but there have been a couple of people who have spoken out of term about damar hamlin's injury or spoken basically at the wrong fucking time that need to be called out because skip bayless obviously everybody from his own co-worker shannon sharp to former current and retired athletes have called him out but we also saw some people on the other side of the aisle uh, some some of these right-wing people out here who have taken this situation and used it as an opportunity to somehow connect it to vaccines like why the fuck is marjorie taylor green opening her monkey ass mouth in the first place why is um, I don't even give a fuck what the dude's name is, but the Turning Points USA dude. Like, why are either one of them opening their nasty mouths to connect this to vaccines and shit? Like, this has nothing to do with your fucking conspiracy theories. Like, that shit pisses me off, bro. The amount of conspiracy theories I've seen since this shit happened is unreal. I've seen a dude on Facebook talk about this was a sacrifice and a satanic ritual. Like, first of all, if this is a ritual, this is the worst ritual of all time. Because he's still alive. Exactly. I, I, I just, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not as academically inclined about satanic rituals. I'm not going to pretend I know what the fuck they are all the time. But I'm fairly sure ritual means somebody got to go. And he's still here. Now, now when we talk about Skip Bayless, personally, I have been affected. Because Skip Bayless... Get Bayless and Elon Musk's bitch ass. Got mm-hmm. my Twitter suspended for 24 hours. Exactly. Paid some hoes. All I said was, Skip Bayless, you need your ass whooped. And he do. And, and he almost whooped. got it whooped. And you do. And, and we're not even here to say that what Skip Bayless said was necessarily wrong. But it was just wrong place, wrong time. Read the damn room. That's, you don't say that in the moment. And then you don't double down on it. Like It's like, bro... We all know, well, not all, but like you and me in particular know what he was trying to say. And I get what he was trying to say. And I think that he fucked up by saying it on Twitter as opposed to saying it in person where you can like explain yourself and actually like, you know, explain yourself versus tweeting something on one of the arguably worst apps to try to be reasonable on. But like you said, read the flipping room, bro. Like read the room. And then also, Bart Scott, (sighs) blaming T. Higgins for this injury is just really not the route that we need to be going down right now. Like, there are people that are blaming him as if he somehow is supposed to just accept getting hit on a football field and not try to brace hit for his own because he could get injured. Like, this could have easily been the other way around. You know, like, if, if Hamlin hits him wrong. He could have been the one lying on the field fighting for his life, you know? So, like, it, it it's it's a lose-lose for everybody involved. And, and that's, pointing fingers that's at people what, is not going to do anything. 
that's what guys have been saying about that's where the NFL comes for this Pro Bowl thing of why the players don't want to play in the Pro Bowl for real. Because football is the only game where if you don't play hard, you're going to get yourself hurt. If you're going 80% then the guy you're trying to tackle or is tackling you is going 100, that's a, a, more of a chance for you to harm yourself. So, no, if you blame T. Higgins, you're just a bitch of a human being. I, I don't have any – I don't want to mix words with you. That's exactly what you are. They were both two grown men out there playing – doing their job. Doing their job. Doing their job. If you work at whatever office building you work for and you file a report and you send that bitch to accounting and accounting sends that report back and says, hey, you messed up here, here, and here, you going to blame accounting for that? You did that. Well, it depends if we fuck with accounting. I, I mean, <laughs> so as of now, I just received uh, breaking news from oh, yeah, the NFL. That, that week 17, the Bengals and the Bills will not be resumed and has been canceled. Exactly. See, we break news on this thing here. We, we break news. You know? You know? I, I was supposed to break it, but, you know, we break hey, news. you know, <laughs> hey, the ESPN alert comes to who it comes to. Right. I, Bleacher Report is too slow. You know, that's why I don't work there. They're too slow. Let me not do that because I might want to work there one day. Anyway. Hey, um, you, you don't want to mess that non-compete clause. Right, right. Don't, don't, yeah, be careful. <laughs> but yeah, this is what I saw on Bleacher Report. They have a couple of scenarios. First of all, the AFC Championship is most likely going to be possibly played in a neutral site game because there's no true number one seed because it's a three-way race. And that that could be cool, actually. Like I, I, I can see it depends on where they play it. I think they, I was talking about it today. They should play it at the big house. If they're going to do a, a neutral site AFC championship, they played, Buffalo played in Detroit when that whole snowstorm situation happened. If if it comes down to like Buffalo and Kansas City, they should play at like the University of Michigan, where the 100,000 seat stadium. Honestly, you're fucking up because I don't know what you're talking about. We get a neutral site game. The NFL was definitely putting that in an indoor stadium. So we don't have to do an ice or a snowball bowl in January, February. Oh yeah, no, we know that. Yeah, but like, if if we be an artist, it depends on who makes it though. Like, because like if Detroit gets in and they, well, there'd be a seven seed, so they wouldn't have any home games. I Detroit's guess they could see anyway. No, but they're the closest indoor stadium to any one of them three teams. Why, why are we acting like the NFL cares about proximity or fairness? They're going to put this bitch where they can make money. It's either going to Jerry's World, SoFi, or uh, Vegas. No, but that's the thing. I'm saying, like, they can make money in Detroit, too, though. Like, if Buffalo... Yes, not, not like they would at Jerry's World. Not the, not like they would in SoFi. Damn sure not like they would in Vegas. And I'm thinking about logistics, also. Like, SoFi... I mean, I, I'm 100% with you. I understand, like, on a logistics and a fairness, you know, neutral, neutral site, Detroit is the middle of the country, and it's probably it's probably the most centralized indoor stadium. I can't think of any that are, like... Minnesota is over there. Uh, they, wouldn't make, they wouldn't make the money in Minnesota that they would in Detroit. They had a Super Bowl in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. And Detroit's had multiple. Exactly. Yeah. No, they'll make money regardless. That that that, that ain't the problem. 
New Orleans? <laughs> hey, New Orleans can work. New Orleans, the Superdome. We can make this like a Sugar Bowl. For the most part, we can make this like a Sugar Bowl. Okay, yeah, we, we can do that. Right. Because I'm thinking about it, I'm just like, I mean, man, I'm trying. Yeah, yeah, and plus, Michigan's kind of big, even though. Somebody was like, bro, like, you think they would sell out Michigan, like, in a theoretical game in, a, in the big house, you think they would sell out in an NFL game? And I'm like, yeah. If Buffalo, if Bills Mafia gets to an AFC title game and they were to play it at, like, the University of Michigan, them jokes would sell out like black Republicans. They would sell out like me the second Spotify offers me uh, money for my show. Right. They would sell out like Michael Jordan when they asked him to support Democratic Convention. Like, <laughs> it was just... You know, black Republicans buy sneakers too. Like, you get this shit crazy. That anyway. is a direct quote. Republicans buy sneakers too. Exactly. But that being said, um, neutral site game. But that again, that would only be in the AFC side though, because the NFC is everybody's plan. So, you know. But yeah, th- this has nothing to do with the NFC. But also, AFC site might not even happen because it's based off scenarios. So here's here here are the scenarios I've seen. So. Hold on. Let me let me pull these up. Let me pull these up. Oh man. Come on, man. See? Technology. Technology. It, it's only not worth because I'm here. Technology hate. <laughs> you know? You, I'm I'm sitting here pressing buttons. Okay. Let's see. So Forget scenario one because it obviously doesn't matter. Here's scenario two: Buffalo and Kansas City both lose, and Baltimore wins or ties in these upcoming games this weekend. A Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. Buff- scenario three: Buffalo and Kansas City both lose, and Cincy wins, and a Buffalo or Cincinnati versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. If Baltimore beats Cincinnati in Week 18, it will have defeated Cincy, a divisional opponent, twice, but will not be able to host a playoff game because Cincy will have a higher winning percentage for a 16-game schedule than Baltimore will for 17 games. If Baltimore defeats Cincinnati and if those two clubs are scheduled to play a wildcard game against one another, the site for that game would be determined by a coin toss. If Cincy wins the Week 18 game or if Baltimore and Cincinnati are not scheduled to play one another in the wildcard, and technology is failing me again. <laughs> Damn technology, bro. Damn technology. But y'all, y'all see the mess that they're in, though. Let me let me pull you know up. All of, you know what all of this truly just means to me? Money. The Chargers got to play on the road regardless. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but we knew that. We knew that. Okay, here's the full thing. Okay, I got you. Let's start over. All right. Scenario one. Buffalo and Kansas City both win or both tie. A Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game will be at a neutral site. We saw scenario two. Now, scenario three. If Baltimore defeats Cincy and those two clubs are scheduled to play a wild card game against one another, the site for that game would be determined by a coin toss. If Cincy wins the Week 18 game or if Baltimore and Cincy are not scheduled to play one another in the wild card round, the game sites will be determined by the regular scheduling procedures. 
as we considered the football schedule, our principles have been to limit disruption across the league and minimize competitive inequities, Roger Goodell said. I recognize there is no perfect solution. The proposal we are asking the ownership to consider addresses the most significant potential equitable issues created by the difficult but necessary decision not to play the game under these extraordinary circumstances. Unquote. So, basically, this is a fucking mess. Uh, essentially, this is a fucking mess. Yes. Which, obviously, like we said, I mean, it's no fault of anybody here because nobody in their right mind could have predicted what happened to DeMar Hamlin. Like, nobody could have predicted that. So, these are extraordinary solutions for extraordinary circumstances. Pretty much. That's where we're at. It is complicated solutions to even more complicated problems. Right. Now think about something. Let's say let's say they do put it in Detroit. And this and all of this is assuming that any number of Buffalo, Cincy or or uh Kansas City wins and doesn't get knocked off by some surprise story like Jacksonville or LA. If Buffalo and Cincy for example were to make it to an NFC AFC championship game and we play in a neutral site Let's say the neutral side is the Detroit Stadium again, like it was the first time when they played in the snowstorm. You know what? How you know how like fucking terrible that would be for Detroit fans, like if they get eliminated and have to watch a championship game in their stadium. <laughs> That's not the Lions. Like, can you imagine how like salt in the wound that would be? I mean, I imagine that's how the Dolphins feel every other year. Since the Super Bowl seems to be in Miami every other year, but the difference is that the the city of Miami couldn't give a fuck about the Dolphins. That 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 is true. (laughs) The Cardinals. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, the Cardinals make sense. If if the Super Bowl's not in Miami, it feels like it's in the fucking desert. Which I don't know why. I remember back in the day um, for the Steelers and the. Cardinals Super Bowl, the guys were complaining that it's boring out here. Ain't shit to do but play the game and go home. As it should be for the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, just the biggest single event in American sports. Right. Why do why you need to... Like, imagine in a couple of years when they put it in Las Vegas. The, the over-under is... Five players get in trouble and can't play on Sunday. Exactly. How many people are going to have a Donovan McNabb story when they're drinking and they have a hangover in the huddle? <laughs> Depending on who makes it. Hell, we don't have one or two Henry Ruggs stories, unfortunately. Right, or Deshaun Watson. Or both. Both. It's a damn shame. And the fact we know that could happen. Because, <laughs> hey, there's a reason Vegas went so long without having a pro sports team. Right. And the reason that they finally made it happen is money. Yeah, the Aces, you know, the Aces can probably get away with it because it's WNBA. But I don't know about no other league. I was about to say, let an NBA team come to to, 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 to Vegas like they're trying to make happen. And then Floyd Mayweather wants to be in the ownership group for that. Can you imagine how much of a circus that shit would be? Floyd Mayweather owning a a Vegas team? Floyd Mayweather opening. Any sports franchise is uh, what the fuck is going on here? I mean, he got the money. It's not like he don't got the money. Money talks. It don't. All that other stuff won't. Hey, money, money talks. But we also know who Floyd is as a person. 
I was about to say, yeah, certain people would be like, really? Do you want the riffraff running a team? Behind closed doors. Even I would be over there like, riffraff, yes. Floyd, ah, I don't know about Floyd. No, not that riffraff. I'm talking about they they can't say what they're thinking. Really? I know. You want a Negro running a team full of Negroes and inspire other Negroes to buy (laughs) Negroes. Like, hey, my my first employee was a Negro. Like, yeah, no, them people are going to be making the real decision. I I know exactly which people. (laughs) What do you mean, you people? It's like, no, let me stop. Anyway. You, you, you people, that's what I mean. But, yeah, no, the point, to bring it back, Neutral site game sounds, in theory, like a good idea, but I'm just wondering. It would be almost like playing during COVID with no fans. Like, I feel like. Like, it it, it wouldn't be a true home game, so some of the advantages you would normally have probably wouldn't be there. So it's really going to be playing on the even floor, and it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, as a Texas fan, I am very fond of neutral site games, but specific circumstance in those matters. Right. I feel that. I feel that. But we say all that to say prayers up to DeMar Hamlin. It's good to hear all of the reports that he's woken up at one point. He asked. He communicated in writing. His breathing is improving. You know. All his neurological signs are still there. He was able to write and he's able to communicate. Right. So... It's nothing but good signs, and we're going to just keep continuing to pray. And also, probably one of the best things to come out of this, his toy charity that initially was trying to raise $2,500 is now up over $6 million. Seven last I checked. Oh, up over $7 million. He's raised $7 million in counting for, for, for kids in, in, the, in the Pittsburgh area. That is, it's sad that it took an incident like this for that to happen, but like, yo... Sometimes hey, humanity all. is cool. Hey, forget forget situation. Like you just said, money talks, the rest of that shit walks. And they can keep walking because this money is talking. They will be walking to the bank to buy kids for the toys. I mean, buy uh, toys for the kids. So, we love that. And like we said, prayers up. Now, moving on to our next subject within the first segment. We're talking about different neutral locations and stuff and obviously the sport that has made a living on neutral locations more than any other sport is college basketball uh college football you know um basketball too though but like college football more than anybody they love them a neutral site game and we got the biggest neutral site game of all this coming monday the national championship between Georgia, who is the defending champs and is probably not surprising anybody that they got here. And then there's their opponent from Fort Worth, Texas, close to your shopping grounds. You you, you got to put the emphasis on the Fort Worth. Let them know they are not Dallas. That is fighting words. They are Fort Fort Worth. Worth. They're Fort Worth. SMU is Dallas and Texas is Arlington, right? How does Arlington get put in this? No, I was saying they're Fort Worth, Texas is Arlington, and then SMU is Dallas, right? Texas is Austin. That's what I said. You said Arlington. Arlington is where Six Flags is. Exactly. That, that ain't 
Texas, Austin. <laughs> the point Austin, is, Texas, baby. Fort Worth stand up because the TCU Horn Frogs are in the national championship game. After all of that shit that Michigan was talking, after all of that shit that the college football universe was talking, oh, they can't beat them as Big Ten, their schedule's soft, all of this talk, and they're here. Not nah, y'all was talking all that shit about the Big Twelve. All that we shit y'all was talking. We don't do. Hey, hey, we're the Big Twelve at right now. Exactly. Yeah. SEC, it, it, it's hard when 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 you ain't got the committee riding your dick. The only Big Twelve team to win a bowl game this season was TCU. That's not the point. Well, two actually, two one or two. No, I'm saying like actually, that's not a great. That's, that's not a yeah, good no, I, I, yeah. but it is but it is the simple fact that hey the big 12 being this bitch i'm not gonna be here for much longer but just know i ride till i die big 12 shout out to the southwestern conference if y'all don't know what that is that's not the point we tcu is if you here. don't you need they to learn your history three, three, if you don't you They're need to here. learn your history you do they're here to take on here to take on georgia bulldogs now i'm not entirely sure that TCU has what it takes to beat Georgia, but I will say they have the right game plan because when in doubt, make that quarterback beat you. And he can. Wait, who are we talking about? Georgia or... or? Make Georgia's quarterback beat you. Oh, well, I mean, but he can too. Yes, but of he all does, the weapons that to. Georgia has... Yeah. But of all the weapons that Georgia has, make him drop. If he, I'm willing to, I will die by whatever sword I'm willing to die by if he drops back 40 times and beats me. I was about to say, yeah, if Stetson Bennett is throwing 40 passes in a game and they still win, that was just their day. It, it, and you know what? That's what you just got to live with. But I do not believe in Stetson Bennett. I didn't believe in Stetson Bennett last year. I, I damn sure didn't this year. Let's go Horn Frogs 24-21. Like, yeah, no, that's the thing. Let, let, let's talk about Stetson Bennett for a second. Because, obviously, this man came out of nowhere. And shout-out to walk-ons everywhere. Because Stetson Bennett is somebody we could be. You could be Stetson Bennett. He was not a five-star quarterback. He was a Juco product who had to beat out, like, four people at the University of Georgia. And to get that starting spot that he didn't even get until his senior year. And he wasn't the most convincing starter either. Like, it wasn't like he was just blowing people out the water. Well, this, even this year. You know, the dude has balled out. But like we said, he beatable. It ain't like it's the Heisman Trophy winner back there. Even if he almost did win. The one thing I would say about him is, like you said, he is the American dream because you can be him. You don't wake up every morning and become C.J. Stroud. You don't wake up everybody and become Bryce Young. Hey, you you don't wake up every morning and become Caleb Williams. But you can work your ass off to become him. You can go to JUCO. As a JUCO product myself, I understand that shit ain't easy. It, especially at the quarterback position, there's only one. There's four or five different receivers. There's two or three running backs. There's five offensive line positions. It's one quarterback. And arguably, you could make the same argument on the other side. TCU, Max Duggan, same story. 
from a little small town. He, he didn't go to JUCO, but he went to TCU. He was kind of trash for his first couple of years. He got beat out. Then homeboy in front of him either got hurt or I forgot what happened. He got he, hurt. Yeah, he got hurt. Duggan took over, and he ran away with it. And, I mean, hats off to him. This was a team that won five games a year ago. Hey, not to mention, for a lot of people who don't know, this is their head coach, Sonny Dykes' first year as their head coach. Side note, they could have had Deion Sanders, but somehow that didn't work out. De- it worked out for everybody, though. <laughs> I'm just no, saying. No, I, not as much as I do respect Deion Sanders for his coaching ability at this point. Deion Sanders is not ready to coach a program with that kind of money in the state of Texas. There's a reason that he didn't go join you know, Texas, Texas Southern or Prairie View A&M when he, when he started this. He knew, oh, yeah, no, he I knew. Know, I know, I know. Texas football, a whole different cultural monster. D- despite their record, no matter what they are, that culture is a whole different, different level that you need experience in. Right. And he, uh, we, we know his checkered past with high schools in the state of Texas. So God knows what he would have done with a little money in his pocket at TCU. And that's just TCU. <laughs> And for and for y'all who know the the money that TCU got, it ain't a lot, a lot of bit of money. It's a lot. It's 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 like TCU money is not Texas money, but TCU money is more than Colorado. No, <laughs> Texas know. money is football booster money. TCU money is my daddy invented toaster strudel money, and he's a Christian man. That's the church. Hey, uh, you know the secret? Ain't shit Christian about TCU except the C and the A. No, that's the point. That's what I'm saying. Like, their parents Christian don't mean they are. Oh, but hey, if my parents get on my 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 parents get on their knees to pray. Me, <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's a whole different story. Just go. <laughs> well, not me, but like them. TCU got that got a big wallet, among other things. So. Yeah, no, no, that 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 right wing Christian money is deep. You know, it it is it, the reason that so many things are jacked up now. Like, it, it, you know, just ask Israel about that right wing Christian money. Just ask them. You know, just ask ask uh, ask the state of Texas and hot their Hot Wheels governor. Ask Kentucky. Oh, good lord! Wow. <laughs> Yo. Someone needs to push him down a steep hill. <laughs> nah, nah, that nigga do them Hot Wheels, bro. Uh, that shit crazy. Uh, ask Kentucky and their Noah's Ark uh, statue. This wannabe Professor X ass nigga, he's really right. Professor Z. I got a theory about Professor X and them, but we're going to get on that later. But, yeah, so we sound out to say, bro, we're talking about the championship, but we got we got to talk about how both of these teams got here because what we might have witnessed on December thirty first is probably in the college football playoff era, which isn't that long. It's only been around since like twenty fourteen. Probably two of the greatest semifinal games in the last six or seven years that this thing has been going on. Oh, absolutely, TCU. Took an early lead against Georgia. It was like twenty-one nothing, bro. Yeah, they held a big lead, and for majority of the game. But that's that's where you see 
Georgia is a gritty team. They have a lot of talent. They've got a lot of five-star talent. I believe they had the number two recruiting class coming into this year with only Bama being ahead of them. I could be wrong, but I know they're somewhere up there. Yeah, they're always top five. And they're always top five. And look, they did not go out like no bitch. And it came down to quite literally the last drive. And you know what? When your quarterback throws two pick sixes in a game, one two pick sixes in a game, you're not even supposed to be close. But magically, Georgia was. Yeah, I, I, you know, not you know, considering you mixed up two games just now, but um, yeah, Georgia too though. <laughs> like that five star, did, five star. I did just do that. I did just mix up two different games, but y'all know what I'm no, saying. No, we knew what we were saying because they both came down to the wire. So, like, you know, we was back flipping. We was going back and forth. Like, um, Michigan and and TCU was just drunk. Like, I mean, it was like, bro, every time, like, TCU was really putting it on them. And then it looked like Michigan was starting to come back. And then every time it looked like Michigan was going to come all the way back. And then and then TCU said, nope, 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 I, 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 back up. You gotta be quicker than that. You gotta be quicker than that, and then t- and then Michigan would cut it close again, and then pick sixes and 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 Quentin Johnson running down the sideline, and and RG three running out the building because his wife is pregnant, and 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 just I mean it was just mayhem. It was just madness and mayhem all over. But that game had everything, and then the second game, it's like like we said, Georgia has a top five recruiting class every single year, but guess who else does too? Ohio State. They have a the, the, the Ohio State. No, we 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 ain't giving them that love. Fuck that. <laughs> Ohio State. <laughs> you know. Um, but the thing is also with Ohio State is I think they changed the perception of them because I think with Ryan Day a lot of people were starting to wonder if they were really legit. They're starting to wonder if maybe they're a little soft on the edges. You know, like maybe they ain't really like that because if they would have gotten into this game and would have gotten like pounded in the submission. I think a lot of people would have been looking at Brian Day a little differently. But the way that they lost the game, losing right as the clock struck midnight, which is just the most incredible thing. Uh, you, you can't write. <laughs> I'm like, bro, to kick the field goal right as Happy New Year's coming and just to kick it right as that is going on and to lose. I mean, it's like, bro, how do you make that up? You can't make that up. That's why I hate when people say sports is real because can't nobody come up with no script that good. And then, on top of all that, to kick as the clock strikes 12 and miss it so badly, it looked like I kicked it. Right. Like, the funniest thing is, like, seeing, like, TikTok and you'll see, like, the two, like, the videos of, like, Ohio State fans celebrating and giving people kisses and then, like, simultaneously turning around and saying, fuck y'all and just start crying and throwing stuff. Like, it's... it's (laughs) Oh, man, I loved it. I just loved every second of it. And I, I would have to tell y'all, look, we're not added the kick for missing because this is college, and it was a 50-yard field goal. So I can't, In a hold that, I can't hold that against them, but it's how you missed. It's, bro, you ain't even come close. If, this, if, you this. Kick, if you kick it and, you know, it's just five, seven yards short, eight, it was outside of your range. It's outside of a lot of college kickers' range. You know, That's if you would have cool. angled it and it probably would have... like he was trying to kick that to this. What? If it would have, like, went off the goalpost, like, you know, 
you know, you know, slightly to the left and to the right, you know, you live, you'll live with that. It looked like he was trying to kick that back to the tunnel. He was just like, let's just get this kick over with. Like, the minute he walked out, you knew he was going to miss. Like, he was like, bro, I've never seen just a man so confident he was going to miss. He was like, my girl waiting for me back at back at the apartment. I'm trying to get back to her as quick as I can. It's no, just she like, not. <laughs> she ain't waiting for you no more. <laughs> Probably waiting for your teammate. She went from kicker to quarterback. You exactly. ain't getting no cutty tonight. Right. Only no only person in my house that gets cutty is me. Yeah, I get the draws. I get the booty. If you know, you know. But it, it it's just you know it's two really good games, and I was I was hoping for that because the last couple of years have been some stinkers. Like I mean, people have been getting their asses beat for the last couple of years, man. And it's just like, come on. <laughs> it, 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 it's really what made you think, man. Does the committee really pick the right teams? Do we really only need four? It made you think, well, oh, damn. If we, if the if the uh, semifinal games were going to be this bad, we might as well stuck to the BCS and just let one and two play each other. Or even still, like it was wondering, like, bro, is there really that big of a gap between one and two and the rest of the country? Like for a couple of years, it was like that, and it's like. That can't be the truth. <laughs> it's just like, you know. But that's why I'm like, I mean, it kind of is. But that's why I'm like, yo, a 12-team playoff ain't going to change nothing. The only thing that's going to happen is you might have one year where, like, number 10 or number 11 makes a run. But it's not going to be a regular occurrence. Like, people are going to get, like, 12 and 11 are going to be getting their asses beat in true home games. <laughs> and, and then... You know, it's still going to be Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, Michigan, and throw in Clemson and Oklahoma and probably LSU cleaning shit up. Everybody else? Nah. And I, even then, I, I think 12 is a little much, if you ask me. Because yeah. then I do think it demeans the whole regular season. It just means, like, hey, if we – it's kind of like <clears throat> you get into the tournament, we can make anything shake. But <clears> – <throat> I, I felt like eight was the best way to go. Yeah, eight no. was cool with me. Even though Every. I think in college, 12 is cool only because, like, if you have more margin for error, that probably means we get more, like, marquee matchups in the regular season. Like, we wouldn't have to wait to see Ohio State versus Oklahoma, for example, in a bowl game. Like, you, you might see that during the regular Like, we've seen it before, but like I'm saying, you might see that more often. See, I think it would depend on how we do the eight team. Because if you ask me for the eight team, I say we get every power five gets a representative. That's five. And you get three at-large bid teams who are hopefully group of five. Because, you know, that that's what made the playoffs so interesting last year with Cincy. Like, yeah, they ended up getting their ass kicked. But they, they held on for a little bit. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like a thorough whooping. It was like, bro, they were they were in there. Yeah, and you saw what Tulane did to USC, who is a power five against a group of five. We saw what UCF did against Auburn a couple years ago when they went undefeated. Exactly. You know, let the one and two seats get a first round by. Everyone else got to play each other. Who knows? Conference USA, the the American, they might whoop uh, an ACC team ass. The Sun Belt show they can beat people this year. Exactly. And that's the whole point of college. That's the difference between people loving college football and college basketball. College basketball, 
it does not matter what fucking conference you are in because we say it all the time pretty much every episode anybody can be anybody one time the difference is in basketball they actually get the opportunity for that one time right like basketball that's why i always thought like on on a side note the whole hbcu revolution that we thought Deion Sanders was going to bring, which he kind of did for like two seasons, but nobody's going to do nothing in two seasons. I thought it would happen quicker in basketball because it's much easier to build a roster and you have way more money games. Like, imagine five five stars go to Howard and Howard's already playing teams like Georgetown and Duke and Harvard because they there is money games. So you're going to get that exposure anyway. Versus in football, you get like one or two money games a year. Other than that, you plan in a conference. But football obviously pays the bills, so it's probably more likely it would have happened there. Okay, so I, I have an answer for that one, too. So the difference between that football and basketball in that sense is the tournament committee keeps hoeing the HBCUs who get into the NCAA oh, tournament. Yeah, put them in the play, the, and they make them 16 seeds. It's like, bro, like, for, for example, Texas Southern is one of the is one of the best basketball programs, not not only in the state of Texas, but in the nation. They are one of the better programs. Yep. I'm not saying they deserve to be up there, you know, with your Dukes and your Kentuckys and be number one or three seeds. But damn it, have they not earned an 11 seed by now? That's what I'm fucking talking about, seed. especially this year. This year they've beaten Arizona State and, and like, one other school. Like, bro, there is no way you're going to try to squeeze them into a 16 this year. Yeah, they deserve to be middle to. of the pack seeds to give themselves a chance. Because you, you know, you can beat Kentucky because you only got to play them one time. But I don't want to play Kentucky the first round. Let me warm up some. Let me get some confidence. Let me and I don't know fucking St. John's go at it. You know, a school that's also only four blocks big. Right. Like, it, it's just, it, this shit, you know. But we'll we'll see we'll see. I mean, it, it's gonna work either way. People are gonna watch either way. Like we're, we're gonna see it happen. And um, yeah, but I, I I say all that to say that uh, Michigan, fuck y'all. Because first of all, y'all coach is a hoe because he keep on flaking on y'all, bro. Like I've never seen a coach waffle like this every other year. He talking about leaving, or he's not, but like people are talking about him leaving. He's talk, speaking to NBA teams and and just keeping people kind of in the like, oh, what's he gonna do? Is he gonna come back? Is he gonna leave? Is he gonna come back? Is he gonna leave? And he's doing all this for a dude that ain't won nothing. Like Nick Saban don't even have this much behind him. Ain't nobody like people are banking on Jim Harbaugh trying to recreate magic he created t- ten years ago. It's been ten years, bro. Let it go. He's not the same coach he was in 2012. I would hope not. doing this for a guy that has beaten his arch rival at school twice. In 10 years. Out of 10 tries. Now, I'm sorry. I didn't know we started playing baseball. I thought this was football. And baseball, uh, two out of five ain't too bad. Right. That's 400. You betting 400. You bet 400 for a career. You're a fucking Hall of Famer. But this ain't... Baseball. He's he and he's not even batting two. Two of ten is two hundred. That's average in baseball. You batting two of ten. You are. Yeah. All right. Um. And this is coming from somebody that's actually come around on him, but he still ain't there yet. 
You know, and especially this loss to TCU is really kind of going to hit a little bit. Like, he's lucky Ohio State lost. Could you imagine beating Ohio State and they still get a chance to play for a national title before you? Like, that would have been that would have been unbearable for Michigan fans. You know? But, yeah. I guess that's our fault for drinking the Kool-Aid. Well, my fault, at least. Drinking the Kool-Aid. This, this is kind of what you expect. And they were talking all that trash. That shit is the craziest part, bro. I ain't never seen a team so confident considering they got bounced out last year. Like, y'all acting like y'all won something. Like, y'all were there. And it's like, bro... The quarterback talking about, oh, if they come out in three, three, five, it's gonna be smashing. And through you, three pick sixes. And they asked them, "What are what conference are they in? Are they in the Big Twelve? Nah, you know, bet you know now, right? Bet you know, bet you know what conference they in now. Like, yo, oh, you know, uh, you know, we they ain't played like you know. I know the defense is in the Big Twelve, but like we we you know we're not exactly a Big Twelve defense. Well, I mean, you look like one. You look like one on Saturday. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm sure he is. <laughs> so you know, what that mean about y'all playing against Indiana and Rutgers? Rutgers, Rutgers is in your conference. Don't talk about Kansas. Kansas knows what it is. Kansas knows it's a basketball school. But Rutgers, and Kansas won more games this year. We we're not gonna. Pretend like Indiana's any good, right? Indiana's clearly a basketball school. They've never tried to hide it. They have never gave it a fuck about that football. Never. There's, they never literally, there's literally a there's literally a movie named after their mascot, and it ain't about football. Like they couldn't give less of a fuck about uh, football in the state of Indiana. No, that that is a corn basketball state. Right. Shout out to Larry Bird. Mister Indiana Terry McLaurin went to Ohio State. That tells you all you need to know. Don't know what to be a hooter. Unless you hoop it. Unless you hoop it. Like, come on now. So, yeah. Final thoughts on Michigan and TCU. Who do you have winning? Well, uh, you, you mean said Georgia it. Georgia TCU? Yeah. Georgia TCU? Yeah, what did I say? You said Michigan TCU. I was like, um, oh, we are yeah, fuck Michigan. Yes, no, I'm rubbing it in. That's what that was. Yeah, no. So Georgia and TCU in the city of Los Angeles for some reason. Who do you have winning? Georgia TCU TCU twenty eight twenty four. Fuck it, let's go Frogs. It's gonna be so funny when TCU wins. Like it's gonna be hilarious. I- and Jamal will be at that championship parade in funky town, Texas. Like, I, I just, I see a world where, I mean, this is, I don't know what the spread is looking like, but I feel like TCU is going to be heavy underdogs. And I'm just like, bro, we have seen this play out before. Michigan and Georgia are built very similarly. They are. You know, like, for as much as Michigan is clearly not Georgia, they built like a Michigan. Same but style they both, of offense. They both, that, they both have. The, it's a similar strategy to beat both to have both of them sit back and it, let let CJ Stroud not CJ Stroud. I'm let Stetson Bennett throw the ball forty times. But they can run the ball too, though. That's the crazy part. They got these two NFL I, running backs. I know they can. We're loading the box, and that's the thing. That's the other thing too. Michigan and Georgia literally are built the same. They got two. Both of them got two NFL running backs. 
They they both got a gargantuan offensive line. They got quarterbacks that are like good enough to get it done, but but like whatever. They have middle of the pack quarterbacks. So what you do, you make your middle of the pack quarterback have to play great to beat you. Right. We just gonna load the box. I understand what your running game is. I know what your offensive line looks like. Is your quarterback better than me? Right. Point blank. Now, that offensive line going to lean on them a little bit. This offensive line is bigger than anything they played. Even Michigan's O-line, as big as they are. <laughs> you know, Georgia's different. I don't know what they're eating down there. A lot of waffle Everything. Everything is the answer to that question. Right. Everything. Everything in, in motion. They're like Pac-Man. Everything in sight. Waka, waka, waka. But, yeah. I, I, I think Georgia wins, but like I said, it's going to be funny if TCU does. We have reached my favorite part of the show. It's a segment I like to call Big Time Plays of the Day, and it's dedicated to the other stories that happened this week because, man, we are only a week into the new year, and a lot of shit is going on. A lot of shit is going on. And we talked about the college football playoff, but obviously the rest of the New Year's Six Bowls were really good as well, like we said. Like, we talked about USC earlier. Those niggas folded like laundry at the dry. Folded like origami paper. They folded like your girl when she sees a, a Instagram celebrity. You just just fold in. Folded like Rihanna told you she wants to go on a date with you. And I loved every second of it. Because, you know, it ain't... It, it, it's got nothing to do with Caleb Williams. I like Caleb Williams as a player. I like to see young men go do what they do and make their money. But it was fuck USC in 2005. It's fuck them now. And especially with Lincoln Riley, bitch ass, that's just not going to help. Bro, everybody so, in the state of Texas in Oklahoma hate that man. They love Caleb, hate that man. That, that's exactly what it is. Like For one, Texans only hate him because majority of OU's players are Texans. Yeah, that's true. That that is true. They, Texas is not back. The, the university Texas is not back because because our recruits go everywhere else. But that's not the point. And plus, only a hating ass nigga would despise a nineteen year old for going to L.A. with the coach that recruited him for a better opportunity. No, no, like, better I, yet. I better can't. yet. Only say that it's only an idiot. That would hate you from leaving Norman, Oklahoma to go live in LA. And that's 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 number one of why would you ask questions of someone who has the opportunity to move to LA from Norman, Oklahoma? With millions. Like it's not like you're moving to LA to pursue a dream. You got millions to come move you're, to LA. You are not moving to LA to wait tables until you get your big break. Right. Now, your big break is already there. This All is the big break. The this, big break is this, in LA. This is the break. <laughs> this, is like it. this is like Curtis Blow. These, These are, are the breaks. breaks. Like it's like yo, no, this is the break right here. You know, and not only do you get to live in LA, but you are getting a house on Beachside paid for in LA with with all of the respectable young women at your call, even though you're married. Even though you're married. That's why I said respectable. Respect. That didn't stop Les Miles, but even though you're married. It didn't stop. Uh, damn. Okay. 
Ed Orch? No, no, that's not Ed Orch. No, 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 not Coach O. Coach Hope? Coach. Oh, Katrina. No, 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 go back. Well, it didn't stop him either, though. T-Bow's coach. Oh, oh, yeah. It didn't stop Urban, Urban Meyer. Why did I not? It didn't stop Urban Meyer. It did not stop Urban Meyer. You know? It didn't stop uh, Petrino either. Remember, he broke his neck messing with the hose. You fell making, off you a motorcycle. yourself in front of the hose. You fell off a motorcycle, and that's how your affair got revealed to the world, because you got in a motorcycle accident. Bro, what kind of a midlife crisis was he going through? Now he's at Texas A&M, by the way, which is just... Because which that the most school Texas doesn't have A&M enough issues do. going on. Hey, it's just the most Texas A&M thing to do. Exactly. I mean, that school don't have enough damn problems as it is. Now you go and hire the man in Bobby Petrino who has never met a controversy he didn't like. <laughs> no. And DJ Durkin on that staff. That is the most problematic staff in America. They're trying to make things move and shake in College Station. Yeah, like the tables. <laughs> it's like, because that's the only thing we're shaking. Anyway, um, yeah, the if, USC, this priority in the offseason needs to be to find niggas that can tackle. Because, God, dog, I have never seen one defense just repeatedly. Like, every game you watch, you get a good three or four missed tackles. And it usually be the same three or four people that do it. I've never seen anything like that. Like, there are Big 12 defenses that I've seen that are horrendous. None of them were as bad as USC this year. And, and this comes down to that those group of five teams want it more. They desire these games more because they know they don't get put on the national stage. Exactly. And you know what? I, allow me to say, I know we talk about college football loving neutral sites, but are we we not going to act like the Pac-12 ain't built for USC to get home field advantage every bowl season? Exactly. Literally, the winner of the Pac-12 goes to the Rose Bowl. Exactly. That That's in USC and you... It's literally where it's literally UCLA's backyard, but hell, it's across the street from USC. No, so UCLA it, plays at the Rose Bowl. That's where they play their home games. That's the only Rose Bowl they'll ever go to. So it, it's built for the Cali schools, but no, nah, they have they had to actually play a real neutral site game against a Tulane opponent who was not who was no bitch by no means for the last two years. No, no, no. Last year, last year, last year they were two and eleven. So they, they were a bitch last year. This year they're good. So no thing is, last year they may have gone two and eleven, but it's mainly because of the hurricane that went through. Because oh, remember, yeah, they played yeah. OU. Yeah. That was they oh yeah, that was last year. Yes, they played OU week one and didn't even have practice for two weeks because of it. They were misplaced. Yeah, they they played them tough too because. Spencer exactly. Rattler was was about ready to cough that game up. So had <laughs> so had Tulane had a normal non natural disaster uh, season last year, they would have won eight nine games. Yeah, probably. So, and it showed again this year that I think the highest rank they got, they almost broke the top ten this year. And I, and something else, I, the AAC, I think that's that conference that they're in. That Cincinnati. <laughs> Cincinnati was in it. Now they're moving to the Big 12. But you have Cincinnati. You have UCF, Memphis, Tulane. Like, that conference is always right up there. I don't know why they don't get more respect as a conference. Yeah, 
Because they're always Memphis has been like that for a couple of years, even though they're down now. UCF was like that. Guess Malzahn bringing them back. Since he went to the playoff last year, Tulane was twelve and two this year. Like, you know, because they they don't have that power five label. That's it. That's really it. Really, that's it. And they beat up on each other too. That's the other thing. That's the same argument the SEC. Yeah, I was about to say, the SEC's bum asses make that stupid argument, and it's stupid. It's so stupid. Speaking of stupid, um, the Rose Bowl, man. I, it, it's the greatest place ever. I'm trying to go one day. But please, Utah, how does the same thing happen? Lightning does not strike twice in a bottle. That's what I was taught. And yet, somehow, for the second consecutive year, Cam Rising gets his bell rung in, in in a Rose Bowl game and gets knocked out and basically cost them their chances to win, which is not his fault because, like we said, football is just one of those sports. Things happen. But it just sucks for them, though. And how does Utah keep doing this? How does Utah keep doing it? I, I, I just – that program, man, just such a good program. Utah is a great program, Utah is a lot like US uh, about a lot like TCU is they don't focus in on the four and five star guys they try to get them because hell everybody does and everyone should yeah you always but gonna get Utah, them but Utah is really good at getting those underrated three star guys those two star guys who can give those four or five star guys the business right. and Utah is one of those schools where they don't promise you the glitz and glamour. It's like, look, you already know when you join this conference, when you join the Pac-12, this is a USC, UCLA, Oregon-led conference. That's who the mo- that's the money. That's who the media wants to see. Right. But we bring the results, and it has shown that Utah is a good program to be around. They've been more successful than a good chunk of the Pac-12 the last decade. They beat, so, they beat all of them every year. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, they just lose too many games. In in addition to that, to like really qualify for stuff, like USC will go like twelve and one, and or twelve and two, and the two losses will be to Utah. But Utah will be like seven and four because they lost to like Oregon State and, and then they fucked. <laughs> they fucked up against Arizona State for whatever right. reason. Yeah, like that. That's the kind of shit that gets them in trouble. And then on the flip side, it's the same thing with Penn State. A good damn program. They recruit really well, even though the division is run by Michigan and Ohio State. But, like, they're there too. Penn State's problem is that the Big Ten East is a bunch of cupcakes. It, it's got Rutgers. But, no, they're in the West, though. They're, they're, they're on the same. That's really the problem. They're in the division, the conference, the side with Ohio State and Michigan. Even well, though I think next year they're going to be like that, though. Penn State, they they backload their schedule. So the first half of the season is always so easy and it makes them look like a top 10 team. And then they go run into, oh yeah, let's play Michigan, Ohio State the last four weeks of the season. And well, there you go. Now you ain't top 10 no more. And you might fuck around and lose to Michigan State by accident. You fuck around, lose to Michigan State. Everybody knows if you let Iowa get ahead. Or Iowa. Yeah, there was a one year team. <laughs> Them big boys just going to keep running the ball, and then you only get two possessions in a quarter. Right. Shit is disgusting. It is disgusting to watch. 
It is, but damn it, a dub is a dub. And Wisconsin do the same thing. Wisconsin just like that too. Just disgusting. Big Ten football is disgusting. Actually, no. It's hard to watch. Big it's Ten watch. East football is disgusting. Big Ten West is cool. Honestly, Big Ten. Or the other way around. Big Ten. Big Ten, East Ten basketball is not fun to watch at either. all. Just nasty. It's so 1980s, bro. Like, get out of the fucking Stone Ages, bro. Draft some, uh, recruit some guards. Wisconsin doesn't even recruit black players, but somehow they still they still end up a good seed in the tournament. Right. Hey, I don't even think it's that many black people in Wisconsin. If we're being real, there's not. But they they get they not that far from Chicago. They I mean, my friend from Wisconsin, but like, let's be real here. I'm, I'm just we, kidding. We know though. But we know the only thing is in Wisconsin play for the Packers and the Brewers. And occasionally the the the, the uh, Pacers. Or the... What team is the Bucks? There you go. Yeah. Man, don't, don't none of them live in, in Milwaukee for the Bucks besides Giannis. And Giannis only lived there because he don't know no better. I mean, you know, he loves it. Yeah, no, it's cool. But no, we talking like Penn State lost. They won the game. Shout out to them. You know, winning the road. Maybe. Yeah. You know, shout out to them. And I think that, that quarterback they got for next year, I think they're going to be nice. Like, that dude look good. We said that about DJ too, though, so. <sighs> but, let me, at the risk of alienating myself in my own house, let me not, let me stop making fun of Penn State. Um, with that being said, there, there's there's other stuff going on around. Um, we, we're going to move up to the big boys. Uh, the pro level. Before the devastating injury that happened Monday night, there was a lot of really good football on Sunday. And that kind of set the stage for Monday before the tragedy happened. Um, But before all of that, I'd like to get some shit off my chest. Because for some reason, I keep giving the commanders airtime. And one day I'm a learn not to but you know I gotta I gotta, I gotta get something off my chest you know <sighs> alright Carson Wentz I don't even know what his middle name is it doesn't even matter you, you know how like, like you know how your parents tell you like you know how like you'll have a fight with your parents and then they, they don't yell anymore and they, they just calmly put your belongings outside on the like on the, on the sidewalk and be like since you're grown you can get out that's me with Carson Wentz. Like, get get the get get out, get just get out of my city and please don't come back. Like, just don't even show your face here. Like, you better find a crown and be a doppelganger for Prince Harry because that's your future right now. NFL is clearly not it. And to say this football thing not for you no more. It's just, it's just football in general is probably not for you. You know, go live with your family in North Dakota. Go hunt deer and wild boar and shit. Cause football ain't it. You know, it's just not it. Honestly, that's a lot nicer than I thought you would be. You know what? No, I, I, all right. No, I, I'm gonna be no, cause I, I've been holding out, trying, bro. No, fuck Carson Wentz, bro. <laughs> fuck that team. Fuck just. 
Everybody. Ron Rivera is cool. I like him as a person. Nothing against him. But fuck the decision making. I'm just so sick of these mediocre coordinators. I'm so sick of Dan Snyder. I'm sick of that raggedy ass stadium. I'm just sick of this team, bro. Like I'm sick of them being so fucking just mediocre in every sense of the word. They are militantly mediocre. There are so many things. Like, do you understand? How do you even think to bring with Carson Wentz on this team, bro? Like, you as Ron Rivera know him. You watch your defense basically beat his ass in 2020. Up close and personal. You saw him up close. There weren't no fans in the stadium. It was just mono we mono. You saw this man up close. And somehow in your mind, you said, you know what? That is a guy I want on my team. What? Come on, bro. Like, then you got nervous nerve to say it's unfair the perception of him, like he ain't been booted from two teams before you. The fact that you got him for a box of Snickers and, and, and some Utz chips is should tell you everything you need to know about him, bro. Like, come on, dog. Then, in the same breath, gonna say, what is holding this team back, quarterback? Like, what are we supposed to do? There, there you go. That was the reaction I was looking for. You, <laughs> you know, know I'm sorry. I, I had to let it out. I'm sorry. I was trying. I was trying to be diplomatic. I mean, look, I've made similar rants about the Chargers this year and last year, so I I can't fault you. I've done the exact same thing. Yeah, man. I've been holding this in for a while. But enough. I'm not going to give them more airtime than they deserve because fuck them. Until everybody gets fired, fuck them. All right. So let's move on to teams that actually matter. The Pittsburgh Steelers are on the total opposite of that. That's a, that's an organization that knows what it's doing. Mike Tomlin might be one of the greatest coaches of his generation because if he can drag this sorry-ass team to the playoffs, like, you can't say nothing else. There's, there's nothing else you can say. This team was one and they were three and seven. And now they're one game away if they win from getting to the playoffs. You, you know, the, the art of having a great organization can be can be reflected in how many head coaches you have over your tenure. Yep. Because if your head coaches don't win, they get fired, right? Yep. So, do you know how many coaches the Steelers have had in the last 50 years? Four? Four. Four. The Cowboys have had four head coaches in just my lifetime. Right. Hell, I think more. Well, actually, no, no, no. The Cowboys... Three. They had three. Because I remember Wade Phillips was there for a while. But the difference with the Cowboys is Jerry just don't feel like paying nobody. He won a yes man. I mean, you, you, Wade Phillips, but you also forgot Bill Parcells was before Wade Phillips. Oh, shoot, he was. Bill, Bill Parcells, Wade yep. Phillips, uh, Jason Garrett, the Clapper, Chapman. and now, and now, uh, Mike McCarthy. McCarthy. That's for in just four. my lifetime. Yep. But the, the Steelers. Mike Tomlin, Bill Cowher, the guy before Bill Cowher, and the guy before Bill Cowher was in like the sixties. I think Chuck Noel. Chuck Noel, I think his name was. I could the fact that I the fact that it's so far back I can't tell you should tell you enough. And the fact that Mike Tomlin has been the uh has been the head coach for Since two thousand since two thousand seven. Since 2007, so almost 20 years. I know Bill Cowher has won a Big Ben Super Bowls, and Mike Tomlin has the other. Yeah, Cowher won it, I think, one of his last years, and then Tomlin took over for him. Exactly. So you've had two head coaches, both of which will coach over two decades for the same team, both of which will have a Super Bowl. 
that and one of which has never had a losing season that's up in the air for now but as of this point as of this moment he has never had a losing season as the head coach of the pittsburgh steelers that is a point that is a winning organization and even if he gets one like bro your first losing season to come in year 16 Okay, I, I'm, I'll take one, I'm 15 and one. I don't know a single person who's gonna argue about a 15 and one record. Right. You know, and and he's just so cool. He's just a cool dude. You know, he's a good person. Just from the he, stories of people. You you can question some of his coaching decisions over the last you know five to six years, and that's fine. But tell me a coach you can't question some of their decisions. Right. And you can't never question his integrity or his character. You cannot. Like, Ryan Clark has vouched for him plenty of times. Like, the whole story that has come out this week since Hamlin getting hurt of how, like, Clark was really, like, trying to fight to get his way on the field after his sickle cell situation in Denver. And Tomlin said, if you were my child, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Like, just stuff like that. Like, NFL coaches don't do shit. Like, we've seen how the Dolphins handle Tua. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And that, and that just that's just a prime example of when you put a black man in charge of other black men when they are both reasonable human beings they understand what each other go through like people give them the label players coach and try to make that out to be a bad thing but like why wouldn't you like people like players coaches play for their players like that's kind of a good thing you don't want to always be a hard ass Mike Zimmer who's like militant and doesn't fuck with people no I've never met a soldier I've never had any any military friends that said I would run through a brick wall for my drill sergeant. Well, it depends because some of them are a little crazy. But yeah, I mean, pretty. I mean, but I'm no, not, to the point though. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, they would put their brick surge. They put their drill sergeant through a brick wall. <laughs> Most of them, you know, if they. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's what that is. But yeah. You know, it's 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 really crazy out here. This this final regular season game actually means something. You know, there is not a single seed that has been wrapped up in either conference. I mean, we're still playing for seeding, and and that is a beautiful thing. Of going into week eighteen, these games matter. Now you can pull your starters if you know you don't mind being a two seed instead of a three seed, or if you're. If you're locked into the sixth seed or whatever, then yeah, you can do it. But you know, sometimes and some of those people aren't even doing that. Like New York is locked into the five or six or whatever. They're not resting nobody. And, and you know, sometimes if you're coming off injury, do you want to finally get all your starters, you know, some reps together? Do Do you want to just get some continuity? Do you maybe you only want to play your guys the first half, and the second half doesn't matter as much? But the other thing, too, is it actually matters now more than ever because in the past, it's two things I'm going to point to. First of all, people remember 2019. So San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks are playing in week 17 at the time was, you know, 16 game schedule. The winner wins the division and basically gets the two seed, maybe the three. And the loser is essentially a wild card. And has to go on the road to win. It came down to a goal line stop by San Francisco. That is the difference of them ended up being a two seed that basically breezed their way into the Super Bowl versus Seattle having to basically go on the road and play everybody in cold weather games. You know. I mean, 
hey, if you can get home field, especially if you're a warm weather team, get home field. Right. And then the other side of that coin is now they added a 17th game and they eliminated a bye week if you're if you're not the one seed. So now there are people that want that bye. If you're a team like Philly that's been dealing with injuries, it's like a three-way tie for, for that one seed right now. If you're a team like Minnesota that plays indoors, you want that one seed. Especially this year. If you're Minnesota, look at the path you would have. If you have the one seed to Minnesota and you make it all the way to the Super Bowl, you're playing indoors the entire time. You're playing two Minnesota games, and then you would go to Arizona. And then, more importantly, do you really want to run into Aaron Rodgers and Lambeau Field for every game that is not the NFC Championship? I don't want to run into Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I do. He's the trash in the playoffs. <laughs> no, like, ain't nobody scared he's of him. not trash in the playoffs. He's trash in the NFC Championship. Yeah, that's true. So, that's round true. one, round two, I'm not trying to see Aaron Rodgers. That's still Aaron Rodgers out there. NFC Championship. Oh, bring it on, A.A. Ron. I don't give a fuck. Right. I was about to say, he's lost like five championships in his own house. He's like one in four, one in five in his career in NFC Championships. Ain't no one afraid of Aaron Rodgers. In the NFC title game, really. It don't matter how many points you're up. You'd be up 16-0, 21-0, 21-3 in the fourth quarter, in the third quarter. It don't matter. Niggas ain't scared. You haven't... You have a chance unless your name is the Dallas Cowboys. Who we are also bringing up. They are in line for a one seed. They are another team who you want that one seed so you can just go straight through indoors. Don't got to play in the elements. Absolutely. And again, until you run into Aaron Rodgers, because if there's one thing the Cowboys do not like, it is that bad man who does the discount double check. Exactly. For whatever reason, he has their number in the playoffs. Everybody else he loses to. I cannot explain it. There's no scientific way to do it. I don't, I don't think there, there's any rhyme or reason other than the fact that he just says, fuck Jerry Jones. I mean, it's a reasonable sentiment. Sentiment. It is. So, yeah. You know, while we're on the subject of the state of Texas, um, the University of Texas, more breaking news here, they have fired their head coach, Chris Beard who was suspended and being investigated after being arrested for allegations of assault on his fiance and then she walked it back and then now he's been fired it's just the whole situation is nasty to begin with he was suspended indefinitely and then now he's been fired even though i thought he would come back after like the charges and everything was kind of settled but yeah texas fire look there Cases of sexual assault and a lot of things, There's, they're all iffy. They're all very sensitive cases. But when it comes down to comes down to he say, she say, the university would just rather, A, you can deal with this on your own. It's not like you're needing for money. It's not like you can't get the best attorney possible. We're just not going to deal with it. And unfortunately for a for a basketball team full of young men they lose a leader for this season which was supposed to be pretty good we've had some big wins we've had some stupid losses but it's looking to be a good season for texas basketball and texas is not back they're not back they are not back this whole thing is just so fucking just it just is just something about it it's just nasty because i'm like bro like i believe victims like i always want to make sure i believe victims 
it is just so weird to see her walking back after everything. It's like you don't call the cops on somebody unless you intended to have charges. Like to say, I never intended for him to be arrested or prosecuted. Then why call police that? Yeah, exactly. Like why? Why is that the thing? Not saying that he did or didn't do anything. I'm not. I'm not saying like that. I condone what happened. I'm. I'm just literally saying if you come out in a statement and say you never intended for charges to be filed. That's not something you say after police have been called. Unless somebody else called police, then then it's different. I'm not here to take inside of either one. Right. But I will say, as a, as a coach, as a coach who's supposed to be a leader, a leader of young men. Right. How? What kind of example are you setting? Regardless of whether you did or you didn't, you put yourself in a position to at least be blamed. Right. Your 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 reputation is the worst thing that you can lose in any situation. And especially in a room full of young men in college, we know it is very, very prevalent that this kind of act, sexual assault happens. Sexual assault, it domestic does, violence, all that shit. You hate that it has to, especially you hate that it's high profile athletes or people like this. But it's hard, especially in basketball where football, all right, there are, there's a hundred guys on the team. You don't even know all of their names. They're not important. But when you walk into that basketball locker room, that basketball facility, that's 15, 18 guys that you have to look in the eye and say, I did or did not do this. Or they're going to wonder, did coach do this? Hey, coach is hitting bitches. Is it okay for me to mistreat one? Hey, that's just not a good look. And Texas said, nah, we just not going to have it. And yeah, that's the thing. Texas stood up and said, we just can't have this type of, like, our student athletes, you know, you models in the community. Like, yeah, we can't have this. And so, yeah. That that that's that, and the the interim coach has done pretty well for himself. So we'll see. He's got the talent. Now let's see if Texas can at least get to a Sweet Sixteen. Exactly, exactly. All right. Now Chris Beard clearly played himself, and so did all the people in this next segment. You played yourself, dedicated to the people who probably should have sat down and thought their decisions over, and um. I want to send a special fuck you to Benedict Cumberlatch. Because, bro, you telling me yeah, your family, or your descendants at least, maybe not your immediate family, but like the descendants in your family, you owe the country of Barbados so much damn money in reparations because your family owned slaves. You know, when we talk about this shit, and when people talk about, oh, well, by, I didn't own slaves, why am I being persecuted just because of my ancestors. This is why. Because you look down in your family lineage and find out that you got a great 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 grandfather that was beating my great 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 grandfather. You know? This is why. And you know, people be so shocked when bad things happen because they open their fucking mouths. They fucked around and found out. You just shut up majority of the time, nothing will happen. Well, I'm not saying nothing. he I'm not saying he said this. I'm just talking about white folks in general that say that. Like I'm saying in general, but the public wouldn't have found out if he didn't say anything. Well, I don't know if he did or not. I I don't know how this got found out. <laughs> I just woke up one day and read it. Like, oh he owned slaves. Wow. Well he didn't, but his family did. His people. And you know what? If I could go back and and find who who owned my people? Best believe I wouldn't be paying rent this month. I was about to say, like, yeah, y'all better look in y'all closets and make sure it ain't no skeletons before you know 
you say stuff. I'm not saying he did, but like people in general. The longer you fuck around, the more you're gonna find out. The more you gonna find out. Cause I'm, I'm just like, bro, like it, it, it's just, it's, it's crazy to think. People sit here and really look at this stuff. Like you get a 400 year head start on people because of shit like this, and people want to sit here and act like, oh, racism is an excuse and this country isn't really as racist as people say like no this shit is systemic it is deep it is way and not even just in america i'm talking in the world because britain biggest colonizers out there like it's 14 countries that are still heads of state that the the prince is still heads of state of even if it's figurative this shit is real this is real life shit people think people are just talking to hear their voice like nah yeah. <laughs> and some people are talking just to hear their voice because they have not mastered the art of shut the fuck up. Right. Now I do want I I do now that I think about it, I do want to see like how many other former Marvel members um have are descendants of slaves. Like let's look up Jan McKellen. Let's look up Patrick Stewart, you know. Why don't we look at all the histories? That way we can start an antebellum Avengers. Really? Where's Chris Pratt at? And I like Chris Pratt. But you know what? Endgame was your fucking fault, so now we need some money for it. Right. I I, I want to start an Annabellum Avengers. You know, we, we have the slave masters just running up here fighting for the force of white supremacy. Who is Thanos in this case? It'll probably be Tucson Lovachoy. Thanos eliminating half of the slave masters. I, I see I I can see this story playing out. Annabellum Avengers. I'm gonna have to sit down and write this. Hey look, and you know, I'll give, I'll give out uh, reparations discounts if you get it to me quick, fast, and it hurt. Right. Instead of four, instead of four million, you can pay three million. Two reparations for the price of fourteen ninety nine. All you got to do is get it to me in a timely manner. You know how Cash App be doing that. Uh, you can do it instantly, but you got to pay two percent. Yeah, no, no, nah. no. We we need Venmo over here. Venmo and Zelle, straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. You know. All right, and moving on, um, I'm gonna tell you. I don't know if you've been following. No, nobody in America follows U.S. soccer, so I'm sure you didn't see this story. But Greg Berhalter, the head coach, I don't know how much longer that will be, but he's the head coach as of right now. He could not be in worse timing. His contract is up because you know the contract ran out. They're fresh off of. For some reason, people in America believe it was an inspiring World Cup performance. But it wasn't. But they're fresh off of a promising World Cup performance, we'll say. But American soccer is such a mess that... I'm going to put it like this. Imagine your best man in your wedding 30 years ago. Now his son plays for you, right? Just This is the scenario that's happening. His son plays for you. You, and we see this happen in college football all the time, but like you in college sports, you are unhappy with the amount of playing time your son is getting, and then apparently the coach kind of embarrassed him in front of the team, and you don't like that. So what do you do? You go and blackmail the coach and say, if you don't fix this, I'm going to go tell that you kicked your wife in 1991, 30 years ago, because you're not playing my son in a game. That's where we're at in U.S. soccer. Oh, I, oh, I know. I, I've read that. I've read that little article. I've read that little expert, <laughs> like, and it was dear God. And you know what? 
the crazy thing is it's a two-way street because he did say i'm not playing your son because he's he's folding in practice he's selling and he's not giving the best effort that i know he can he's and even the players and even the player did come out and say he apologized to him and the team and said you know what I'm not doing the best that I could, and I I apologize for that. Helicopter and, parents, his, and in his mind, that was enough. And let me tell you, helicopter parents, bro. Any sport imaginable that you can think of, you've seen them out there. These people are fucking ridiculous. And we see this in college football all the time. Like, oh, such and such doesn't like the fact that their son's not getting PT, so he goes to the NCAA and tells him that he got money to go there. Like, we we've seen this before. Like this is this is fucking amateur hour, and then on the worst part of this, we will never condone domestic violence ever. Like we just said, never condone that shit. If you ever want to have a real conversation about domestic violence, if this if that was the intention here to bring about a conversation about domestic violence, sure. But this is nothing of the sort. This is just somebody being bitter and using something stupid. And what makes it worse is that. He admitted, and the wife admitted both, that it was out of his character and that they both went to counseling. They weren't even married at the time. They ended up getting married, and they've been married for 25 years since. So this is just this is just being a terrible person. Like, why would you even think? You're not even trying. This is, this is so amateur hour, bro. Like, try harder. At least come up with something more recent. Like, oh, in 2016, he punched his wife in the face. Say something like that. Really? He kicked his wife in her leg in 1991, and I'm going to bring that up after being in the wedding. It wasn't a problem when I was in his wedding, but I'm going to bring it up now when my son ain't playing. It wasn't a fucking problem until it didn't benefit me. Like, come on, bro. Like, everybody can see that this is not a case of, like, having a conversation about domestic violence. This is a clear case of somebody lowballing a guy who's supposed to be their friend because they're not getting their way. This is ridiculous. And this is why we will never take soccer serious in March. We won't. And we shouldn't. <laughs> it's like, bro, because they don't. They don't even take themselves seriously. Like, yo, this shit is amateur hour at its finest, bro. Like, this is damn crazy. But, you know, people make their beds. So, what goes around comes around. That's all I'm going to say. And you only make it life harder for your son, so... <laughs> you know what happens if the next coach decide he don't want to deal with this mess? What you gonna pull up on him? You know. Anyway, and, and, and you know what? This is why I say soccer. You soccer just needs to start beating people ass more. I feel like yeah. it, it would get more respect. Like baseball. Baseball, they let them scrap every now and again. Damn hockey. Hockey is on scrap every now and again. I feel like we, if we as Americans let that happen in soccer just a little bit, we might have more respect for the game. Probably. Probably. Nothing makes Americans respect one another like good old-fashioned violence. You know? Gotta love it. But speaking of things we love, let's talk. To, let's get a little more positive. Uh, well played. It's dedicated to some feel-good stories. And, you know, like we said... Um, Shout out to DeMar Hamlin's improving health. You know, that's always great. But, you know, that's that's one of the things, you know. Um, like we mentioned before, six, what is it, seven million, you said? Seven million dollars his, his charity has raised? Seven mil since I last checked. Yeah, like that. I mean, shout out to the people of Buffalo 
and beyond, obviously. It's not just them. But seriously, the city of Buffalo has really been through it this year. Like, not just in football. I'm talking like, you remember the shooting of the grocery store of the African-Americans from that white supremacist guy earlier in the summer? Then you have, this ain't even the first serious injury of a Bills player that we've seen this year. You know, the guy, Dane Jackson, who had to get ambulanced off the field earlier in the season. Then you lose Von Miller and you lose some of your best players. And then you have two massive snowstorms, one of which kills like 48 people. The other which brings you more snow that's taller than Devin Singletary. Um, So you got to go to Detroit to play a game. Um, And then, of course, this DeMar Hamlin situation. Like the, The city of Buffalo has been going through it and it's just good to see something good come out of it with this charity from Mr. Hammond. And that is why Bill's Mafia is one of the best uh, fan bases in all the sports. Exactly, exactly. Now we're going to move on to the NBA. There's some really good basketball being played now that it's past Christmas and we actually pay attention. Um, Some really good basketball was played in just the early days of 2023. LeBron James is a fucking dog. He's a beast. You're 38 years old with back-to-back 40-point games, bro. You know. I, I feel, I, and I'm not going to take anything away from all the people who have been scoring these massive amounts of points. But, damn it, did we just agree at the beginning of the year we wasn't going to play defense no more? Is that what just happened? Well, was, I, which is funny because it's like last year they made it that you can play more defense now. Like, they kind of got rid of some of the stuff they were doing in the past where people were just arm barring and getting free throws off of it you know after what happened in the Olympics like they changed the rules up and it still is an offensive explosion but I think now it's just the case that it's just more talent in the league like Luka's a dog Giannis is crazy Tatum is crazy Donovan Mitchell scored 71 points last two nights ago I mean you know I'm not into the conspiracy theory and all this but damn the amount of 40 plus point explosions in the last two weeks it's like, hey, did, did we have a New Year's resolution to just say, fuck it, and we're only playing offense? Pretty much. Cause, Pretty much. Because, damn, LeBron out here dropping 40 on his birthday. He's 38? 7? 38. 38! You know? And it's just like, bro, anytime, in Donovan Mitchell's case, anytime that you can get put in the same sentence as Catcher Freeman, I mean, uh, Wilt Chamberlain, just catch up Freeman. He really the catch up Freeman of the NBA. It's like every everything that every story you hear about him, every time you look up one of his stats, it's just like this shit like if it just sounds like an urban myth. Like, oh yeah, some say he scored a hundred points and then went home to all twenty one of his wives. Like that's the kind of shit you hear about Will Chamberlain. It's just like anytime you can get put in the same sentence as that, scoring seventy one, where people can actually see it. I just wanted to know if Will Chamberlain had Twitter. <laughs> What would people be saying? He would. He probably wouldn't have it. He would be. So he, it would take two tweets, and then the man, his manager, would be like, "Yeah, no, we're not doing. We're not this. doing this. We're not." It's like the same thing. OJ's manager should have told him. Like the minute he made a new Twitter and started giving his opinion on anything, you should have known what was coming with that. It, it, it should have been OJ. You got away with this twice. Why are you pushing your luck? And you Shut just up got out of jail. Up. You just got out of jail for something stupid, anyway. I'm talking about he got off scot-free from the trial and then he wrote a book and no one asked questions. Well, you can't because double jeopardy. It doesn't matter. 
I'm still saying he got away with it twice. He did. He did. And then they get arrested him for kidnapping to retaliate. It's like, how are you going to kidnap somebody for stealing your shit? <laughs> you know? Anyway. Because, because America. But either America. way, OJ, you don't understand how good you've gotten off in your lifetime. And it could have been so much worse. It could have been. Again, the power of shutting the fuck up. Which he didn't do, but like in this case, yes. Um, but yeah, back to the point. The point is, like, the NBA has been really exciting. And this MVP race is wide open. The league itself is wide open. Ain't nobody really running away because there's just too much talent. This is the most talent and parity we've seen in the NBA at one time in probably years. Ever. I don't oh. think there's ever been parity in the NBA. Oh, absolutely. The Celtics are, are some dogs. Jason Tatum is definitely a league MVP candidate. Um, sticking in the East, the Cavs are no joke themselves. I don't think they have enough talent to get over Boston or Milwaukee, but damn it, it ain't going to be no four or five game series. I can promise that. And even Philly is kind of sort of, you at least got to pretend like we're paying attention to them. Philly and hell, Brooklyn just got their 12 game uh, winning streak broken by Chicago last night. You, you see, and speaking of it, the fact they won 12 games, the power of shutting the fuck up. The Kyrie Irving. And Kevin Durant. Look at God. You know? Shut the fuck up. You know? Like, just sometimes. But, yeah. And we're going to wrap it up with one final question. This is Let's Play a Game. And I'm going to ask you, Jamal, with the college football season basically over after Monday... Anything that you are looking most forward to in 2023 when the season comes back around next summer? Or fall? Uh, for, for 2023, I'm going to look forward to there's always going to be a con- there's going to be the controversy of should Arch Manning be playing as a freshman? That'd be so fun. That's going to be huge. Um, Bo Nix, I believe, is going to be an early Heisman favorite again. Let's see if he if he fucks it up. He, um, the real are, question around uh, Bo Nix is, should he start a family? Yes. Yes, he should. <laughs> Harbaugh is going to be another uh, full off-season story. Is he going to stay in Michigan? Is he going to go back to NFL? What's going to happen? And somehow, some way, I can guarantee it, 100% Urban Meyer is going to be in talks with somebody about getting another head coaching job. Who's going to be coaching at Texas A&M in 2024? That's going to be the question. Because Jimbo will be not, he will be getting fired. This is actually you know, waiting to happen. And you know who's going to be a candidate? Urban, Urban Meyer. Meyer. <laughs> like, uh, him or Dion if he does well in Colorado. Like, we know what we said about not giving him Texas money, but somebody going to be stupid enough to do it. Someone's at least going to try. They're going to try. You know, they're going to try. Um, me, speaking of Dion, that's what I'm looking forward to. Colorado, man, they are doing work in this portal. They are doing work in this portal. But the Pac-12 is tough. It's tougher than it was last year. The, the Pac-12 ain't no bitch. Which is I crazy to say. I've been talking shit about the Pac-12 basically since the playoff began. But look, Washington went 12-2 this year, smacking Texas' ass in the bowl game. Oregon is no joke. UCLA is going to have to find their quarterback for this season. But UCLA is still no joke. USC is still great. 
Uh, Caleb Williams is going to be coming off his Heisman candidacy. Utah is always a sleeper. And now Oregon State, they were really good this year. And now you add, even though we don't know what he's going to be, but you would like to believe that DJ coming over there could be a big deal for him. It could be. Just name brand alone. Name power alone. So look, Dion, you got your work cut out for you. You ain't getting a no national championship this year. So your focus is going to be, hey, let's get to 500. Let's get my son in the NFL. That's what, that's what we're focusing on right now. And they got the weapons to do it. They, Colorado, if nothing else, they're going to be fun to watch. Even if they don't win games, like even if they go like seven and six, it's going to be a fun seven and six. It'll be now. I will be interested to see what Shador does against this power five talent. Right. Which I think he'll be all right because he was a five. Well, he was four. He was a four star recruit. He was getting recruited by twenty eight schools before he got to Jackson State. So like, he's not a scrub. And they're, got, they're giving him the weapons. Does he's he have not a line? scrub, but we will have to see, is he really this good or was it the Bronny effect? Because we know schools were, schools were offering Bronny at 12 years old simply for the fact they knew who his dad is. Right. Even though Shador is kind of, I mean, he won FCS Player of the Year as a freshman. So. I mean, yeah. This is just a different level of talent. Right. And like, we're going to see. Yeah. I still think he's talented. They talking about him in the Heisman conversation already, so it's it's lit. I mean, I, I said with the numbers he put up this year, if he were at the Power Five level, he would have been in the Heisman. So good to see he's getting that respect immediately. <laughs> but besides just and guess who they play in Week One? By the way, we're gonna learn about Colorado right off the bat. Who do they play Week One? TCU. Ooh, I'm on the road. Bad. Coming down to Fort Worth, Texas, baby. <laughs> like, bro, whether whether they win this championship or not, we're going to learn about Colorado next year, even though Max Duggan's going to be gone. But, like, still. You know who else I'm going to be looking forward to? Joe Milton at Tennessee. That man has a cannon for an arm. That arm is ridiculous. The throws he was making against Clemson is disgusting. I am so excited to see Tennessee next year, which I've never said before in life. Ever. No, nobody has said... Nobody has said that since Michael Orr went on his recruiting trip to Tennessee. Exactly. And it was and the fact that he said it prompted an NCAA investigation. <laughs> it did. It's a damn shame. Oh, you know, they really tried to tell that man these white people only adopted you to put you in Tennessee, not because you're a poor black kid. Like, that's how badly it sounded that he wanted to go to Tennessee. Or no, he didn't want to go to Tennessee. Because he wanted to go to Ole, Ole Miss. Miss. Yeah, yeah. And I still would have told him. I was sleeping in a school gym, and these niggas gave me a bed. I don't give a fuck what y'all got to say. I love these white people. Exactly. Exactly. And they're Republican. It's like, no, let me stop. Um, but yeah, this here, we have reached the end of another great show. That's the first episode of 2023. Shout out to Jamal for being on board with it. It took a minute. Traffic finally cleared up, but shout out to Jamal. Hey, it took two days, but I finally got out of traffic. Don't, you know what? We're here to spread some ignorance and play by play for the new year. How mad me. Right. Don't mess with Texas traffic. You heard him. It took us two days to do this episode because he was stuck in traffic. Don't mess with Texas in any fashion. And that's why you keep water in your car. Exactly. Fort Worth, stand up. Athens, Georgia, sit down, but y'all can stand up too because y'all white. 
This has been the Play-By-Play Analysis Podcast. It's your boy, Devin Nash, PSK Play-By-Play. If you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. And we got to get up out of here. I'm going to see y'all when I see y'all. Deuces. We out.